Well, praise the Lord, folks. This is Brother J.W. Brand here at God's Whole Word. I'm so glad to be with you here on this Tuesday uh, afternoon. And uh, we're just going to get right on into this, and we start with prayer as always. Dear Lord, we thank you uh, for this time to come together and to share your word. Hallelujah. We thank you for your word that preserves us and keeps us, guides us, and leads us. Hallelujah. And Lord, we just ask that you bless this time, that you would anoint the lips of clay to speak, and that God, you would open our ears to hear your word, Lord. And we thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And so uh, we're going to go on and we're going to look at some things today. Uh, verse 40, uh, excuse me, chapter 46. Uh, the book of Ezekiel is where I am at tonight. Or this evening. Well, it's almost night here, getting pretty close to it. Uh, but anyhow, so we got Ezekiel 46, chapter 46, verse 9. It says, But when the people of the land shall come before the Lord in the solemn feast, he that entereth in by the way of the north gate to worship shall go out by the way of the south gate. And he that entereth in by the way of the south gate shall go forth by the way of the north gate. He shall not return by the way of the gate whereby he came in, but shall go forth over against it. Amen. And so we're going to look at this verse for a moment, and then we're going to move into some other verses as well. But one thing that you can take from this verse is that when you come to the place of worship, when you gather together with God's people and you're going to hear the word of God, don't leave the same way you came. Hallelujah. Because these people, uh, they would go in one gate and out the other. You don't go uh, worshiping at the house of prayer and praise and uh, fellowshipping with the people of God and leave the same way you came. We're supposed to allow the Lord to change us. And so we've got to let the Lord change uh, change us to do a uh, changing work in our heart each time that we come together with believers, that is, the body of Christ, the church of the living God. And uh, let's move on from that uh, verse of Scripture, that passage of Scripture, and we move on into... 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 says that if any person, now it says in the King James Version, if any man, but that word translated is human being or person. But if any man or any person, any woman, any child be in Christ, they are a new creature. Now there is something very important to hear because you've got to be in Christ. Amen. Not just a believer, because the Bible tells us in the book of James that the devil even believes in the Lord. Yes, he does. The devil believes and he trembles. So we've got to go on further than the devil. Yes, we do, because the Bible says we've got to be in Christ. Hallelujah. And if we are in Christ, we are a new creature. We're supposed to be a new creature. And we are a new creature if we've given our heart over by faith to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then... The verse goes on to say, All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Our life begins as a brand new person in Jesus Christ, 
No longer being the same. Those old things, the old things we used to do, them old things we used to say, them old things uh, that you know you're allowed to go through your mind and you just sit there and you just waller in it. You know what I'm saying? We don't do that no more. No, we we got to let the Holy Ghost take control. Let the Lord Spirit get a hold of us and change us and let old things pass away. They are to pass away. We're not supposed to hold on to the old way we did. We're not supposed to hold on to them old places we used to go. Hallelujah. But the Lord has delivered us. Thank God. In the name of Jesus, we thank him. And so that is one way that we can look at this uh, verse in 46, chapter 46 of the book of Ezekiel in verse 9. It's one way that we can look at it, that we we uh, come to the house of God. Each time that we come together and we worship, you know, the, uh, the word in the Old Testament, the book of Ezekiel called it the solemn feast. But this is a place where we come together. You know, when we come together at the house of God, uh, and, and certainly, you know, some people say, well, you know, the house of God is, is your body. Well, we believe that. If you'd listen to any of these podcasts, you know I believe that, that the body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. But there is a place, as Jesus uh, spoke to us, and we see in Isaiah 56, that it's a house of prayer uh, for all people. That there is a place that we come together to fellowship. And so we look at this verse to certainly define the fact that when we go in, we ought to come out differently. Every time. Whatever it is that we feast on, and they called it the solemn feast, but you know, when we get together and we hear the word of God, it is the food for our soul, and we are being fed, hallelujah. And so we are to allow God's word to make a change in us each time that we listen to the word of God. Uh, the Bible says, you know, here a little there, a little precept upon precept. And so uh, we uh, step by step growing in the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. But this verse in uh, Ezekiel 46 and verse 9, it also defines something else. Because the people uh, would go in one, uh, in one door and out another door. They would go in the north gate and out the south gate. But those that were coming through the south gate would go out the other gate, the north gate. Now, uh, you say, well, what other thing would that define? Well, that defined order. It certainly defined order in the house of God because... Uh, and, and, and you got to get a picture now. Y'all come on now. Let's get a picture. Now, you got to remember that we're not talking about this little old shackety shack on the other side of the track. Y'all know what I mean? I mean, used to, you know, a lot of us Pentecostal people, we was in a shack on the other side of the track. You know, man, hello. But, um, and some of us may, may still be, thank God for wherever we got to worship, praise the Lord anyhow, no matter what. But you know, God's people come a long way. Yes, sir. Because we've got, um, we've got some folks that are worshiping in some beautiful edifices. So, so, such lovely places to worship God. And I thank God for that. I thank God for where the Lord has brought his people. Amen. But uh, you've got to know and understand that this verse in Ezekiel, we're not talking about a little bitty old building. We're talking about a big place. Great, big, huge place. And they was uh, those who would be traveling they would come through a certain gate because of the area that they were traveling through. We're not talking about this tiny little place. So some people would come through one gate because of the area that they're traveling from, and then others would come through another gate because of the area they're traveling uh, from as well would be a different direction, you see. 
But the thing of it is that in order to have order and decency within the house of God, as it were, uh, that they would travel through and then they would go out another way. But certainly we can see the spiritual applications of you coming in one door and going out the other. You got to come into God's house and let God do a change in your life. Let him do a work in each and every one of us that we ought to leave differently than we came. Amen. Hallelujah. But there's also this uh, understanding through this verse that it certainly defines uh, order, that there is to be order in the house of God, you know, uh, in, in order to uh, go in one uh, a door and out the other, or one gate, excuse me, and out another gate. And these gates, you know, there were wide open spaces where people could come through. Uh, and uh, it, it, we're not talking about a little door, but a wide open gate. And they would be able to come through. But to keep it in order, uh, they would uh, keep moving through. They would worship and, and go on. And you're going on out the other gate. And so there is a spiritual application of having order in the house of God. Now, I'm going to tell you what. We are Pentecostal. I'm, a, I'm a, a holy rolling Pentecostal. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I believe in giving God praise. I love to get in the house of God and give him some praise. Glory to God. And I love to shout and dance and praise the Lord and all of those things. And those things can be done decently in order. Now, I know some folks, you know, some of a certain... Uh, shall we say caliber of Christianity uh, they may not look at that they may look at that and say these people are crazy they ain't got no order in here but I'll tell you what there is order I've seen many a time where there is those times that uh, you know each uh, things should be done decently in order. There's a time to praise God. There's a time to worship the Lord. There's a time to take prayer requests. There's a time for the word of God to go forth. There's a time to take offering and all of these different things. And so there's certainly, uh, even if you don't want to believe it, no matter who you are, uh, you can thank that the Pentecostals, we ain't got no order, but I'll tell you what, we, we know all about that. you gotta you got to get in there and you got to keep things decently and in order. And certainly... Uh, some decency about it. Now, I, I'm I'm gonna say a little something here. Some people are not gonna like what I say, but I told y'all. Uh, sometimes I, I'm gonna irritate people on the left. I'm gonna irritate people on the right. Well, that's just you know. I'm gonna tell you like I told my children a long time ago. You can get glad the same way you got mad. Hallelujah, thank you. But um, anyway, there's got to be some decency in the house of God too, and that's one of the reasons why I believe that the Bible teaches. Uh, to the church of the living God, modesty. You know, we ought not be coming up in the house of God with everything jiggling and out in open, if you know what I mean. Hallelujah. Cover yourself up. You come to the house of God, you ought to be modest in the way you dress and present yourself. And I say that because I've seen some people come in the house of God and it's like, you ain't got no uh, mind or sense to come in more decent than that. And I'm, I'm talking some real serious stuff. I remember one time a woman come on up in the uh, uh, house of God and she certainly was not saved but she came in the house of God and the woman uh, she had on a see-through blouse and there was nothing on underneath I'm telling you and uh, an usher came over and said ma'am you can cover up with that I'm not kidding you can see everything from here to China and uh, so you know of course she was uh, uh, did not have I don't believe uh, uh, a proper emotional makeup if you know what I mean she was struggling maybe emotionally or whatever but she of course she got upset with somebody trying to cover her up and um, and she went on and left but um, anyhow but we've got to do things decently in order 
And that means that decency ought to be in the house of God. You know, I, I, I think about some of those in, in the Old Testament and even, uh, you know, some of those in the New Testament. You didn't do th- they didn't do things right, you know what I'm saying? And God's judgment came. So we can do things decently and in order. So we certainly see that with this verse also. It helps us to understand things got to be done decently and, and, and in order. And we look at that. If we go to 1 Corinthians, I'm going to just turn on uh, to 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 14. If you if you got a Bible, and I sure hope that when y'all listen to my podcast that you got a Bible. Now, I read out a King James Version. I've already said that once. I say it a thousand times. That's the one I'm using when I study and going and preaching and all of that and studying. So, verse 14, and uh, excuse me, chapter 14. Now, I keep doing that. Y'all just excuse me. You know, uh, just excuse me. Sometimes I get these things uh, turned up and twisted up sometime, but I don't mean to frustrate anybody or irritate anybody. I just think it comes with my old age or getting older anyhow. But anyway, it's chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians. There's two books in the book of Corinthians. I say things like that not because y'all don't understand, but maybe there's somebody new in the Lord and uh, just trying to explain those things so you understand. All right, so 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 40, it says, let all things be done decently and in order. That's what it says. And so certainly even with the, you know, the shouting and the praising and the uh, hallelujah uh, going out every now and then and maybe even speaking in tongues and those type of things, there are things to be done decently and in order and we certainly uh, want to uh, do that in our worship. And so we see that depicted, depicted in this verse uh, passage of scripture, if you will, in Ezekiel. And, and, and so uh, what, now, now I do want to say this. Because uh, as I uh, go about studying for uh, the podcast and I go about studying for uh, as well uh, when I do the preaching on the Sabbath that we do uh, at the Eunuch Preacher, you can find the Eunuch Preacher on YouTube. And uh, when I go about doing that and I'm looking in the Word of God and I'm studying and I, I will look down sometimes if I, depending on what Bible I'm using because I've got quite a few different Bibles and they've got different commentaries and all of that. But I saw one, and uh, this particular person said, oh, well, that verse in Ezekiel, uh, it, with the way that it's explaining it, coming in uh, the gate of the north and going out the gate of the south, means that God gives us a diversity in worship that we can, you know, have our choices on how we want to worship. The Bible don't teach that. The Bible don't teach that lie. And so you're going, you're going to have to understand that uh, I'm going to tell it like it is. You know, the Bible don't teach that lie. And there are going to be false teachers and all that out there. you got to be careful about that. But that don't mean there's a diversity. Some people, they say, well, you know, because some were coming in the south gate and some were coming in the north gate, so that means there's a diversity. No, that ain't what that means at all. It's just meaning the direction that they came in. You know, you may have come from one way of life and somebody else may have come from a different way of life. You're coming from two different directions. Somebody may have been raised in the church all their life and not saved and had to get saved because everybody got to get saved. Just because you've been to church all your life don't mean you're saved. You got to give your heart to the Lord just like everybody else, you know. But then somebody else may have been out in the world all their life and not known any different. They come in a different way, you know. But that don't mean we have a diversity in worship. And I, 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 you, you say, well, now you know this is this podcast called God's Whole Word. We're gonna take God's Whole Word, Amen. So First Corinthians chapter ten. I won't turn there, and I'm gonna prove my point because I want y'all to understand. That, you know, we got to get in the Word. You, you gotta what, what. 
You know, how how in the world are we going to understand the Word of God if we don't get into the Word of God? So what does it say in chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians and verses 1 through 4? Well, it says, now this is the Word of God. This is the Apostle Paul talking. And he said, moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant. He don't want us to be ignorant. He don't want us to be a fool or stupid. He wants us to know what it is that we've got to understand. And so he said, Moreover, brethren, I would not, uh, would not that you be ignorant how that all your fathers were under a cloud and passed through the sea. Now, when he says all of our fathers, that means when you and I come to the Lord, now even if we are Gentile and we've been adopted in, uh, those are our forefathers. You can, you can look at the Bible and you can see your history right on in here because you've been adopted in. You've been grafted in the high, into the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And uh, so he said, now I want you to know something about that. I don't want you to be ignorant about the, uh, the fathers that have gone on before you. They've all been under the cloud and all been through the sea. Now look at verse 2, and we're going to explain that in a minute. And we're all baptized, come on now, under Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And what the cloud and the sea represents is spirit baptism and water baptism. The cloud represents a spirit baptism. The sea represents a water baptism. And God ain't changed. The Bible says the Lord don't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You got to get baptized in Jesus' name. And you got to be baptized in that Holy Ghost. Amen. So baptized in the cloud and the sea they were. They certainly were. You can't say and look back at your forefathers and say, oh, well, they didn't have to do what we do. Well, yeah, they did. That's proof right there. Now, the other thing in verse 3, it says, And did all eat the same spiritual meat? Now, the meat is uh, depicted like the Word of God. It's our food for our soul. It says they ate all the same spiritual meat. You don't have one person over here believing something else and teaching something else, and then somebody over here on the north side teaching something else. Now, come on. you you got to understand the Word says what it means and means what it says. And then in verse 4, it says, And did all drink the same spiritual drink? Now, we talked about the spiritual meat. The spiritual meat's the food that come from the Word of God. Jesus tells us that, uh, uh, you know, uh, you, if you listen to him, if you listen to the words of the Lord, you know, some people, they don't want to listen to Jesus. He, he said, I'm the bread of life. And, and if Jesus is the bread of life, we, we've got to take part. And no, did it not say that the Word was made flesh? And the word was among us, and the word was God, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Well, that word became flesh, but Jesus said, I am the bread of life. It is what's going to give us the spiritual food for eternal life. Hallelujah. Now, verse 4 says, and they did all drink the same spiritual drink. It's not like somebody over here on the south side said, well, I got the Holy Ghost this way. And then those on the north side, well, I got the Holy Ghost this way. Now, what I mean by that, you can get the Holy Ghost anywhere. You can get the Holy Ghost in, in your bedroom, kneel down on, on the floor, praying to the Lord, or laying in your bed. God could fill you with the Holy Ghost. I remember somebody telling me one time they did get baptized in, uh, in the Holy Ghost in their bedroom, but they didn't even have all the truth yet. And they didn't even know what had happened because she was a Catholic. And she said, I was praying to God, feel me. And she said, I didn't know what it was. And then later on, somebody come knocking on her door later on. Uh, just uh, not too long after that, a few days later, somebody knocking on her door and inviting her to the house of God. And it was a house of God that believed in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so she was living for the Lord for many years as God directed her and led her. But uh, you you see that they have all ate the same spiritual meat and they have all the same spiritual drink. Now, Jesus depicts the drink as that water. You know, when you remember the woman at the well that Jesus was talking to, 
And and he said, if you knew what who this was was talking to you, girl, you would never, you would want this water and you'd never thirst again. And so you get that Holy Ghost, I'm telling you what, you're not going to have a desire for all the drugs and the alcohol and all that kind of thing because that Holy Ghost is going to do something for you. It's going to change you. It's going to deliver you. It's going to do something for your soul. Hallelujah. And it's the same thing. It's that same Holy Ghost that was poured out on the day of Pentecost. It's the same Holy Ghost that's poured out today. But you got some folks over here on the other side. You know, you got the North Gate, South Gate. And you got some of these people over here. Oh, well, I received the Holy Ghost just when I believed and that was it. And I didn't speak in tongues. Well, then you need to get that Holy Ghost to speak in tongues. Because the Bible says they all drank the spiritual, same spiritual drink. You look at the day of Pentecost, when they were filled with the Holy Ghost, they all spoke in tongues. And every single person identified throughout the book of Acts, God filled them with that Holy Ghost. And, uh, you know, and so I ain't got time for all that, but we're going to do a study about that sometime. But the point is this. They all drank from the spiritual, same spiritual drink. And the same spiritual meat. It's not like they were being taught all different things. So don't give me none of this business about diversity where you can just, oh, well, we're going to go over here and we're going to worship this way. And oh, us over here on the east side, we're going to worship this way. Oh, yeah, us over here on the north side, we're going to worship. No, you, you're going to have to listen to the word of God. And what does God's word say? God wants us to, you know, he's laid out the, the, the word. We, we don't come along and make the choice of what, what God wants. He's already told us what he wants. He said, this way you're going to worship me. And so we've got to listen to him. All right. Now, when you look at verses 5 and 6, it says, But with many of them God was not pleased. He was not well pleased. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. And verse 6 tells how. It says, Now these things were our examples. To the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. So God has said, look, I want you to understand. You can't do it like they did. I'm going to give you an example, and you're going to have to follow that example that I've given you in the Word of God. And God said, these folks, they were lusting after evil things. They weren't listening, and they weren't following the rock. Now, the Bible says in verse 4, they did drink from the same spiritual drink, for they drank that of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ, you see. And so, uh, but they, you know, even though they had the word, they had all that needed to be there, their lust got a hold of them. And so we've got to be careful because that's given as an example to us. God, you don't play with God. You've got to listen to what he say. Now, let's go on down. And so, uh, you know, they, they, they had a problem and they were lusting after evil things. Things, you know, they weren't desiring the things of God. And folks, we got to desire the things of the Lord. We got to desire the Word of God. We got to desire to get down in prayer. And we got to desire to be around godly people. Amen. Hallelujah. So, now, the thing that I want you to see as a new creature in Christ. Now, maybe somebody that listened to this podcast today, maybe you're new in the Lord. And I really encourage you to come along and listen to. Uh, our podcast, and I'm so grateful to be able to uh, to do this because it, it, it is a humbling thing to know that the Lord would take somebody like me because I'll tell you what, I've been around the bend in a mess and all of that, and the Lord pulled me up out of the dirty mess I was in, and, and uh, you know, it, it took me a long time to get my footing, and uh, but the Lord finally said, look, now, I called you a long time ago. You remember that. Now I want you to do the work I've asked you to do, but I'll tell you, it's a blessing and it's a humbling experience. It's an honor to be able to give the word of God to you. 
And I really hope that uh, in doing so that I do encourage folks. Now, I know sometimes I'm probably going to irritate people. Well, I know I will because sometimes I preach messages sometimes over pulpit. And I've had people right after I got done preaching and now even down still there near the pulpit and uh, praying for people, you know, to come up. And I have people come up and just snap me. Oh, boy, they were just madder than a hornet because of what I preached. Why do you got to preach like that? And I said, because it's the word of God. So sometimes, uh, you know, uh, it's just the way it goes. Now, but what I want to do is I want to, uh, not, not just the new converts, not just those that are new in the Lord, but even those that maybe uh, you, you know, maybe you, uh, uh, maybe you've been around for a while serving the Lord. Now, I, I want to say something to y'all. If you've been around the church anytime for a while, and you haven't prayed through in a long time, you haven't spoken in tongues like you did when you first got baptized with that Holy Ghost, I'm going to encourage you. Find yourself an altar of prayer and get down and pray through until you speak in tongues and let God overflow you like he did when you first were baptized with that Holy Ghost and fire. Because I tell you what, the Bible says that the devil goes about with like a roaring lion. He seeks whom he may devour. And if we don't stay full of the Holy Ghost, the Bible tells us in Jude, uh, I believe it's verses 20, and he tells us to build up our faith praying in the Holy Ghost. we got to build up our most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost. And uh, that is something God gives us. It's a blessing. So, but those of us that are new creatures in Christ. Now, now we're all new creatures in Christ when we come to the Lord and we're learning and we're being guided. But I want to encourage y'all to see some of the blessings and some of the wonderful things uh, that God has provided for us as new creatures in Christ. First thing, uh, I want to go to 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to go to 1 Peter chapter 1. And uh, give me a moment to turn on there. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5. Alright, now, matter of fact, we're going to read uh, verses 4 and 5. Alright, it says, To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And so, uh, when we look at this, and, and, and we see that God has done something wonderful he said that there's an inheritance coming that's what it says in verse 4 it says to an inheritance incorruptible that means the inheritance that we're going to inherit in heaven it cannot be destroyed now you know we got things down here and a lot of us you know as we get older and everything you got children a lot of times you want to you say oh i want to make sure this person gets this or this person gets that and all that kind of thing and that's that's a wonderful thing to to be able to do to pass things down to people but you know, things on this earth are not going to last. they just not. But the things that we are uh, allowing to be our inheritance in heaven, those things are incorruptible. Nobody can steal it. Nobody can destroy it or anything. And so we won't keep on keeping on with that. But one thing that we see in verse 5, it says, who are kept by the power of God. That is you and I. We are kept by the power of God. Through the power of the Holy Ghost, we are kept by the power of the living God. Now, I want to say this. You wonder how powerful God is? Well, I'm going to tell you what. When you get up in the morning sometime and you see a clear sky and you look up and you see that sun, you think about this for a minute now. That sun has been up there for a long time. Mm -hmm. 
And you know there are going to be people saying, oh, it's going to burn up, it's going to burn up, it's going to end. Well, you know, uh, the Bible does say one day that God is going to be our, uh, you know, our light. We ain't going to need the sun. So, you know, that may come. But the thing of it is, it ain't going to come to God say so. So you don't have to worry about that. But I'm going to, I want to say this. You look at that sun. Now, you tell me, who has made any plans? And that includes uh, Mr. Rich man of the whole entire world. You know who I'm talking about. And he's got all his rockets and everything. You know who I'm talking about. But, uh, you know, has he planned to land on the sun? No. Has anybody ever done that? No, you know they haven't. You say, well, that's stupid to even say that. No, it's not. Think about it. You know, uh, you're not... You're not landed on the sun. Nobody's ever planned to do so. It would be the foolish thing to do. You know it would. You'd just burn up before you get there, and you know you would. But, but you say, well, why are you saying that? Because, listen, God put that sun there. God is the one that has that sun suspended in that sky without any of us doing anything. The Lord did that, and let me tell you, God's the one that, you know, the Bible said, uh, you know, that God... He is our light. He is our. He is the one that that uh, gives us everything that we need. He gives us everything for life and godliness. And God knew that we needed that sun to keep life going on this earth. And you know that if you've been in your science class and you listened any time, you know it's true. If that sun burned up, you know full well we ain't gonna be around. But God has kept it. But God is the one that put it up there. And can you imagine with the power that that sun has? Nobody want to go land on the sun. I sure don't. I don't know anybody that want to plan on doing it either. It would be the most crazy thing I'd ever heard of. But, uh, you know, uh, you think about how powerful that sun is, and yet God's the one that put it there. So you think about how powerful God is. Come on now. And, and, and so that's just something I just want to throw out there. But anyhow. All right. So now let's look at verse 3. Verse 3. If we go to 2 Peter, now we're going to go out of 1 Peter and we're going to go into 2 Peter and we're going to look at verse 3. It says, according to his divine power, God's divine power, have given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, no matter what we need for this life and for living a godly life, God has got it for you and I. So we're going to have an inheritance in heaven, that's incorruptible. There's no way to destroy it. God is going to keep you by his power. That's what the Bible says. And then he's given us everything that we need for life and godliness. I mean, what more can we ask for? Hallelujah. And uh, so, uh, you know, one of those things that God gives us, and I want to talk about this for a little bit. One of those things that God does give us that pertains to life and godliness is this lesson that we're going to go into for just for a moment. And I'd like you to turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. And this is one of those lessons that God gives us that does pertain to life and godliness. All right? Hebrews chapter 10 and verses 24 and 25. Let's read it. All right. It says, Let us consider, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much more, so much the more, as we see the day approaching. Now I'll tell you what. There are people that are in the world that don't even serve God that say they believe we're in the end times. So how much more the children of God, we look around and we say, you know, uh, things are lining up. Just like the Bible says. Now, you know, you got your naysayers. 
Even naysayers that claim to be Christian. They'll say, oh, I don't believe you're living in the last days. Well, all right, you can go on with your, 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 your belief and whatever you want. But the bottom line is even the world understands. A lot of the people in the world that don't even serve the Lord understands it. They see something happening. And they can see that there is definitely uh, this change in things. And it says that the more that we see, as we see the day approaching, the more that we should come together. Now, I want to look at these two verses because, first of all, it says, let us consider one another. That's what it says in verse 24. It says, let us consider one another, provoking unto love and good works. Now, let's look at that for a minute. Let's look at the word consider. What, what does that word? Now, some of us say, well, I already know what it means. Well, let's look and see what it means uh, from, the, uh, from the Greek perspective of what has been transposed into our English word consider it means to observe fully to observe fully now to observe something you got to be looking at it and it means to observe fully not you know not just to uh, you know oh well i got my little podcast i'm just gonna uh not my podcast but i got my worship service on here and i'm just gonna look over here no it means to observe fully to literally be in contact with people to observe fully and then it also means to seal up closely in other words, to keep something from escaping. Now you say, well, that sounds a little crazy. So you don't want them to escape from, from your, your church. Well, what, what that's meaning is exactly what's attached to it. By love and good works. And why was this something that was important? Well, it was important because uh, the thing of it is that the church. Now I ain't talking about just any old church. The Bible talks about the church of the dead. Don't you know? That's right, it does talks about the congregation of the dead in the book of Revelation. And, and I'm going to tell you what, there's a dead church. There's plenty of dead churches around. And those dead churches have caused problems with a lot of people in the world because they look at the dead church and how it's behaving. And then they say, oh, I don't have nothing to do with Christianity. Well, that's a dead church. Quit looking at the dead church. Look at the church that's alive. Hallelujah. And full of God's power. That's a different thing. But, uh, you know, We've got to understand that to consider, it means that it is very important in these last days. Because in the last days, things are going to become more and more and more difficult. And you can look around. If you just open your eyes, you can see that people, especially through this COVID thing, all right? And so many people, uh, they, they got so lonely and they got so, you know, people were so distraught. And a lot of people committed suicide during that time because they were so far away from one another and all that. But this scripture is talking about uh, coming together and not forsaking uh, the, the body of Christ, not forsaking the believers to come together and to hang on and encourage one another. And so that word consider, it means to observe fully. You, you got to be in contact with them. You, you, you got to have fellowship with them. You know, a time that you come together and encouraging one another and, 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 and not just encouraging one to say, hey, have a good day or anything like that, but certainly with true love, amen, and good works that we do towards each other and, and for each other. Now, the other thing in verse 24, it says to consider uh, one another to provoke unto good works or love and good works. Now, sometimes when you hear that word provoke, some people say, well, I look at that word as a negative word. Well, it's not uh, looked at just as a negative uh, word when you look it up. Because what this means is to provoke unto good works. And that word provoke means to stir up 
or to urge on. In other words, to encourage people. Encourage them with your love towards them. Encourage them with your good works towards them. And and then we in turn, uh, as, as that has been done with us, we in turn do the same for us. As the Lord said, love your neighbor as yourself and all of that. But, but we see that it goes even further with the church of the living God because we need to uh, not forsake the assembling of t- uh, together because we need each other. We need each other to encourage one another and to, and, and to help out each other. And so it's certainly something that uh, will, will help people out. And we also need to be encouraging uh, to them in those difficult times. You know, because how are you going to be able to encourage somebody, let's say that they're grieving severely, and they... Uh, you know, and, and, and you've walked off away from the church of the living God and you're not there to encourage them. And maybe God would have used you to give them a word uh, that, you know, that they needed to hear to help them through. You say, well, I'm just not like that. Well, none of us are like that. We're talking about people that are that are wanting to follow the Lord Jesus Christ and stay full of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the one going to help you out. If you're leaning on your own flesh, that's not going to work. That don't work for any of us. So that's just a, a lame excuse. But, uh, you know, if we stay full of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is going to lead us and guide us in whatever that we need to do. And so we need to be there for one another. Maybe somebody's having a hard time. Maybe they lost a job and you're there. Maybe you might know somebody that could help somebody else. You you never know. Or God may reveal something to you about some job may be available. Well, if you were forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, you wouldn't be there to help each other out and encourage each other. And certainly even more so, uh, in that time that we come together and pray, praying for one another. How are you going to encourage each other in prayer if you're not there? And so, uh, you know, this thing about forsaking, uh, you know, our body of believers and, and our family, if you will, our family of God together. That word forsake, it means to leave behind or it can mean to desert either way. It can mean to leave behind. And so we kind of get in a position when we don't show up to the house of God. We're leaving people behind that may need that moment even when they see you uh, in the house of God and you've got your hands up and you're worshiping the Lord and maybe you've been going through a rough time and they see that and they can see how you are just determined that you're going to live for God and you're going to serve Him no matter what. And that gives them an encouragement that they need for maybe later on in their life. So we need to be there for each other. We need to help each other out, not forsake uh, one another, leaving each other behind, but also can mean to desert. That means you just flat out walk away from the house of God and you never come back. And so I'm going to talk to y'all for a minute. Those of you that maybe have somehow got hooked up to this podcast and maybe you maybe you left the church. Maybe you backslid. Maybe you, maybe you know in your heart it just isn't right where you're walking. And I can say this. Uh, to you because I backslid and I didn't just backslide one time I backslid more than once and um, but the Lord finally got a hold of me but I want to I want to encourage you if if you're a backslider and you're listening or maybe maybe you're just thinking about it maybe you're entertaining it maybe you're saying to yourself uh, I just am sick and tired of this and and nobody's showing me love and that's unfortunate and and, and you know for your, y'all that are hearing me say that I want you to understand we have got to be, what it says here, provoking one another to love and good works. 
So we've got to show love to people. When you see people that seem like that something is not right with them and they just seem like that they're just not uh, hooking up with people, you know, in, in fellowship and in prayer and all that, go to them and encourage them. I don't mean to sit there and belittle them. I'm not talking about that. But encourage them to get in there uh, with you. You know, maybe uh, you can offer them a, a good word. But if you have already left the church, if you have already, maybe you backslidden. I'm, I know that there's some people that left the church and they say, oh, I'm never going to go back. Well, maybe you just needed to, to uh, uh, go to a different place of worship. Now, when I say that, I'm not talking about you forsaking uh, the assembling of yourselves together, such a man of some is. I know that there are uh, different, several different uh, oneness, Jesus' name, churches that believe in the uh, being filled with the Holy Ghost and they believe in baptism in Jesus' name. They believe in holiness living and separation from the world and all that. And sometimes one church organization may not be a fit for them. Maybe they need to be uh, in, a, in a different uh, body of believers. Now, I'm not talking about forsaking it because you won't go somewhere that's got loosey-goosey. And when I say loosey-goosey, I'm, I'm talking about them churches they don't want to preach holiness and they don't want to preach separation from the world. I'm not talking about that. But sometimes, and I know some people are not even going to like what I'm saying, but sometimes uh, there are, you know, some some church, they all, but remember, we all drink the same spiritual meat according to the Bible. We're supposed to all drink the same spiritual uh, drink and eat the same spiritual meat. So if it's a place that believes in the truth, the oneness of God, the Bible says, Hero is with the Lord our God is one Lord, Deuteronomy 6, uh, six and 4. And um, but, uh, you know, you, you, you're going to have to uh, take some time, though. You got to take some time and you got to stop for a minute, because is this something that the devil is trying to get to you and pull you all the way out? Because what happens is that when we backslide, when we when we go into that backsliding state, we literally have forsaken. We have done this part where. We're, we're not there to encourage. We're not there to, to um, you know, to help somebody else or to be there for somebody else. You say, well, I'm hurting myself. Well, that may be true. That, that could be true. But I'm going to tell you something, and I know some folks are not going to like this. But one of the best ways for you to help yourself get encouraged is first encouraging yourself in the Lord. Because there is one in the scripture we find that did the same thing. David encouraged himself in the Lord. Sometimes we do have to go down that road. And it can be a lonely road. I'm not saying it's not a lonely road. It certainly is. And pray and ask God to send those folks to you that can be an encouragement. And I've seen that in my own life. And it can be a blessing if we just be patient and let the Lord do his work. So I'm certainly not trying to... Uh, cause anybody anywhere at, at any time just oh well let's jump ship and go to this other place i don't mean that at all matter of fact anybody that's going to be uh leaving from one church to go to another you uh you know the right thing to do is certainly to go to your spiritual leaders and talk to them um before making any kind of decision such as that but what i uh you know i had to do that myself because i got baptized in jesus name uh, in a predominantly Spanish-speaking church, and I don't uh, speak Spanish, um, but um, I went there for a while, and I had 
an interpreter, but it was so difficult to get spiritually fed like I needed to. And I went to my spiritual leader and I explained that. And I said, I'm really having a hard time and I don't know what to do. And of course, they were going to—they were in the process of trying to uh, have some bilingual services and all that. And it just uh, was not happening at that moment. And uh, so what uh, my pastor at that time did, he said, I tell you what, I'm going to send you over to the Oneness Church that's the English-speaking church. And so that's where I ended up going and living uh, under that teaching and pastor for many years. And uh, but but in that course of time, like I said, I did backslide, and uh, I went through a lot of struggles and a lot of battles. And but the thing of it is that uh, people that serve the Lord, that really love the Lord, that really are full of the Holy Ghost, you know, when somebody's really full of the Holy Ghost, they're not going to be prejudiced. When somebody's really full of the Holy Ghost, they're going to seek out people that they can help and desire to to encourage and strengthen. When, when you're around people that maybe they spoke in tongues 10 years ago and they ain't done it since, uh, well, I don't mean to be mean, but you need to stay away from those folks because they, they're not staying full of the Holy Ghost. You can't stay full of the Holy Ghost if you don't pray in the Spirit. And that's what the book of Jude says, building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You're either going to believe it or you're not. That's your choice. But, uh, you know, the bottom line is that uh, people that are full of the Holy Ghost they, they're going to do what's right. You know, in the early church, you had uh, some problems with racism and, and, and different things going on and people just uh, favoring one group over another. And you had the Jewish uh, Christians, the Jewish widows that were Christians, They were, but they were widows. And back then, you didn't have any kind of investments. You didn't have, uh, you know, Social Security and all these other different things. Of course, that don't really work much anymore, but uh, like it could with inflation and everything and all, all that goes on but uh but anyway you 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 just absolutely if you didn't have anybody in your family to help you through and you became a widow you were out on the street and so what the church did the church picked that up that situation and they said make sure they're widows indeed you know if they're younger they could possibly get married again or they could get a you know somewhere to work to support themselves some something of that sort um, but uh, but those that were widows indeed they were you know they were getting too old to work they were getting too old to uh, you know any of those things and and uh, certainly not maybe uh, any prospects of getting married on the on the line and uh, but they the church took over this uh, situation because people had come and reported and said you know we're not being treated right because there's a food dis dis uh, distribution that the early church had for the widows because they had, they they had no other support no other means and so the church would do this and and uh, but what was happening is that the jewish widows were being given more food than the gentile widows and these were all christians but that that problem that situation rose up, that kind of racism and, and people not treating each other fairly and equally and all that because uh, we need to understand that, uh, look, we all got the same mom and daddy in the garden. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen, hallelujah. Because uh, Adam and Eve was, uh, it, the Bible says Eve was the mother of all living. Amen. And so we all, in one way or another, we're all connected and we need to start getting around to loving each other and stop treating each other like, oh, this group is worse than this group or this group. Look, uh, you got you got people that have treated people badly over a period of time, but as we move and we progress and we understand God's way, we've got to move forward, amen, and not go backwards. And so these people 
they came and they said, look, this, this is not fair the way this is being done because these folks over here, they're getting more food than these and they're not getting enough food. And so what the apostles did, they said, look, we can't leave uh, searching the word of God because they were, you know, the leaders of the church establishing the church and, uh, you know, putting down the roots of the church and everything because it was an early thing. And uh, they said, but what, I, what they wanted you to do, they said, go. And he said, I want you to choose a certain amount of people to run this. He said, but they've got to be full of the Holy Ghost. Now you tell me, how did they know if they were full of the Holy Ghost if you wouldn't have a way of doing it? If you didn't have a way of figuring out how they were full of the Holy Ghost, they wouldn't have never said it, and you know it. And so uh, there are ways. The Bible says you shall know them by their fruits. Amen. And But not only that, you're going to know whether they're praying, uh, like the Bible says in the book of Jude, uh, building up their most precious holy faith, or most holy faith, excuse me. I always want to throw that word precious in there, even because it is a precious faith to us. But building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, they don't know when somebody praying through or not. And so I would encourage you to, to find yourself a place of prayer and get yourself back and fill yourself up with God's Spirit. You say, well, how am I going to do that? Submit yourself to God. Now, you can't fill yourself up yourself, but you got to submit yourself to the Lord and let God do the filling and let Him do what He did a long time ago. I'm going to tell you what. I remember when I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I remember when I got baptized with the Holy Ghost. I was 16 years old, and I'll tell you what. I never, never will I ever forget. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I will never forget when I was baptized with the Holy Ghost. It was an amazing experience. And, and you know, and then as we move along, sometimes we let the world get a hold, and we let all kinds of things get in the way, and we're not doing that. And God wants us to get back to that because that's Jesus. That's his spirit. The Bible tells in Galatians chapter 4. Yes, sir. He says, send the spirit of his son into us, crying, Abba, Father. That's the spirit of Jesus working on the inside. There's only one spirit. The spirit of God, the spirit of the son of the living God, that Holy Ghost is all one spirit. That spirit inside of us, the Lord wants us to grow and to, to, to move forward in God. And when, when this happens, as we not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, we come together and we love each other and we care about each other and we do what we're supposed to do. Amen. And so with all that said, I do want to finish up uh, this for a moment. I know there's been a bit of a long podcast today too, but I want to finish up with this word here. This uh, last part of this verse in verse 25, uh, it says, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much more as you see the day approaching. The word exhorting, what does that mean? Exhorting means to call near, to plead with, to continue in serving the Lord, or a strong encouragement. It is to call near. If you keep walking away and making excuses, oh, well, I just couldn't get to, maybe you couldn't get to Wednesday night Bible study, and you got you, maybe there's some viable reasons. I mean, sometimes I understand. Sometimes maybe our work schedule changes and all that, and I get that, and I understand that, and we got to supply uh, those things that we need for our families and everything because the Bible says we're worse than infidel if we don't feed or take care of our families. So I understand that sometimes those things happen. But, uh, but just to make excuses, let me tell you something. If you're missing church to go Christmas shopping, ooh, Lord help your soul. You ought not be missing church. Amen. To go Christmas shopping. Now I'm not being mean. I'm not. I understand the schedules and all of that. But uh, you know, I, we had nine kids. I know what I'm talking about. It can be. It can be a deal. And and so, but 
but look, where are we getting our strength from? Are you are you running on tight time and you running on your own strength? You can't do that. That won't work. And you know what? You're gonna be a, you're gonna be watched at because the Bible says the devil seeks whom he may desire. And if you're gonna put things and all of that, even a holiday that's you know I get it that we set it aside to worship the Lord, uh, you know, and and to uh, think about His birth and all of that. And we're, wonder, we're, we're wonderfully grateful. I mean, we're just, I'm so wonderfully grateful. I'm just uh, over the top with joy that the Lord sent his only begotten son to save us. I really am, and I mean that sincerely. It's a wonderful thing. But folks, we can't get things out of order. You know, that's one of the things that we learned in Ezekiel, uh, in the book of uh, Ezekiel in chapter 46 and verse 9. You know, we, we, things have to be done in order. And God's got to come first. We, we can't put everything else first. We can't do that. And I know it's a busy time, but take some time. Now, one thing I do want to say, and then I'm going to be done. I know that Christmas and Christmas Eve falls on Saturday and Sunday. Now, we, we have our worship services on Saturday. And then, of course, a lot of folks have their worship services on Sunday. And I know there are going to be a lot of churches that will probably, uh, you know, not actually come together in session or all that kind of thing for people to be together with their families and all that. So I'm not uh, backing up with what I'm saying. What I'm going to say this is, is if that is the case with you, if uh, let's say that your uh, church says, look, we're going to, um, uh, because so many people might be out of town and visiting family and all those things, those, that's a wonderful time to be able to come together and visit with your family. But remember this, even if that is the case, Please remember this. Take some time for the Lord. What is the point? Please tell me. What's the point in not even focusing on the Lord when this is a time of year we're supposed to be celebrating his birth? And then we're just going to drop him like a hot potato? That don't work, folks. So let's, you know, at least take some time. Uh, if, if maybe our worship services are closed, uh, you know, for the for this holiday, beings that it falls the way that it does on the weekend, then let's take some time in the Word. Get your family together and say, "Let we're going to read about the story when Jesus was born," or uh, get together and pray, or do both. You know, take some time because it is a celebration of His birth. You know, it shouldn't be about only about the presents and giving. I mean, giving is wonderful; that's all fine and well. But you know, if it's going to take the place of you worshiping God. Oh, no, that becomes an idol, and we don't want to do that. All right, so with all that said, I love y'all, and I hope that you have a wonderful holiday, um, and uh, we are going to um, be doing a very short podcast. This one's a little bit longer for this reason, but we're going to be doing a real short podcast on Friday, and it's just going to be centered on uh, the holiday that we celebrate, the birth of the Lord, and uh, uh, so I encourage you to listen to that if you want to. Uh, but certainly, I'm so glad to have all of y'all to come in and listen, and I want to just encourage you, and even if you don't want to listen to me, I mean, I know some people, they don't like my voice, they don't like the tone of my voice, they don't like my nothing. I mean, some people just don't, it irritates the daylights out of them. 
Well, that's all fine and well. You can go on and listen to somebody. But listen to somebody. I mean, let somebody minister to you. Let somebody talk to you in the Word. And uh, somebody going to tell you the truth. Now, I'm not talking about somebody just going to blabber their mouth and they just run in their mouth and they're not telling you the truth. I'm talking about getting in the Word. God's whole Word. Hallelujah. Thank you. And I'm sure their podcast ain't going to be called that or their minister or whatever. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. But find a place this holiday season, I hope that you will, uh, to give God praise and center on Him. And may the Lord keep you. I'm so grateful for all that uh, uh, that the Lord has done for us throughout this year. Now, uh, the other thing, uh, too, is that uh, I, I just uh, want to encourage you as well, if you would like to, to listen to the eunuch preacher. Now, that's spelled just like the eunuch in the Bible, E-U-N-U-C-H, the eunuch preacher. And that's where we have our worship service on the Sabbath and Saturdays. And uh, we have the entire uh, service, everything on there. So sometimes you'll see them and it might say two and a half, three hours or whatever. Well, that's because uh, we have our prayer meeting before church. We have our uh, all of our worship, our uh, taking of prayer requests, just everything. The worship service, the singing, the preaching, I mean the entire thing, the whole thing, even before church with our, our prayer meeting before church. So I'd encourage y'all, if you want to, uh, to be a part of that, to look at that. And, and uh, But we just are so grateful uh, for any and all that are listening, and we just hope that God does a great work in your life. In Jesus' name, uh, may you be kept in the hands of the Lord. Amen.